0: Hello and welcome to Servant's Heart Chapel. I am Pastor Daryl, and I hope today's episode is a special blessing to you. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Joshua. That's where we're going to be for a while. (coughs) This is, Joshua is... A history book. It's the first of several books in the Bible that lead from the period of conquest of Canaan through the judges to the raising of a king and on through the division of the kingdom to Israel's defeat by the Assyrians and Judah's exile to Babylon. About 700 years of history is recorded from From Joshua through 2 Kings. This is not just a history book. This is also a teaching book. We run over to Romans chapter 15. Verse 4. For whatever is written in the past was written for our instruction, so that we may have hope through endurance and through the encouragement from the Scriptures. So Joshua is a teaching book. It's going to teach us a lot of things. But there are some things that we'll be pointing out uh, early, uh, at, before we even start. There's some things I wanted to point out. Our uh, first one is that n- remember that jo- Joshua's God is also our God. God doesn't change, and, and since God does not change, we can glean from the book of Joshua principles we can apply to our life here and now, what we're going through in our lives as servants of the Most High God. I'm excited to embark on this journey, and I hope you will join me. By the time we finish this book, you will know exactly how to grow into a deeper, more meaningful relationship with God than you ever thought possible. You will also learn what it takes to grow in faith and to overcome the giants in your life. You ready? Let's begin. First off, I want to introduce Joshua to you. By the time the book Joshua is started, he's already a major player in the history of Israel. But Joshua started out a long time before. He was born in Egypt, into slavery. And early on, when Moses became leader... He ended up being Moses' servant and, and went up with him to Mount Sinai. And he was also one of the 12 spies that were uh, appointed to go into Canaan and check it out. And he was one of only two that came back with a positive report. Why was it, why was it positive when everybody else's was negative? We won't go into the whole story, but the others, the other 10 spies, didn't trust God. And so all they saw was these giant walls and the tech, advanced technology they had and, and their power and their might. And, and, and Joshua and Caleb saw opportunity, saw the, 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 the lushness of the place and, and the fertility of the land. And was not at all concerned about the size of their walls. Because they had God on their side. So by this point, when when, when uh, Joshua starts, the book of Joshua starts, he, he's become a general. and And he was charged to lead Israel into Canaan. And so we have this situation now. We have this group of people. Moses has just passed away. And, and, and all those who failed to believe God early on are dead. They're all gone. And so you have this new generation that's, that's risen up. And they're now called. To believe and obey. Why do people fail to obey God's commands? I think, it, I think the reason is, and I think that's exemplified in Joshua over and over again, is because people do not really believe his promises. There's a connection between trust and obedience. I have a friend who who grew up in a pretty rough home. Her parents were not godly people at all and 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 lots of horrible stuff went on and when she grew up, she became an adult, she was like, I don't want any part of that life. I want to follow God and be a Christian and she endeavored to do so and she endeavored to lead her kids in that direction. And much to her chagrin, her son rejected that and told her he he wanted to experience sin for himself. He didn't trust her when she told him that sin is a bad idea. It it costs more than you ever think it's going to. It's worse than you ever think it's going to be. And she tried to teach him that and say, stay away from that stuff. It's not good at all. He didn't trust her and did not obey. People don't trust God and they don't obey. We're going to see this in in Joshua over this lesson over and over again. Notice that I want to point out that Joshua is not the hero of the book. God is the hero. In fact, we're introduced uh, to Joshua at the, uh, at the Battle of Refrectum in Exodus, chapter 17. Refredum Reflectum, not Reflectum. Begin of verse 8 or verse 9. Moses said to Joshua, Select some men for us and go fight against Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the hilltop with God's staff in my hand. And Joshua did as Moses told him and fought against Amalek. And while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill, while Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed, but whenever he put his hand down, Amalek prevailed. When Moses' hands grew heavy, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat down on it. Then Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side, the other on the other, so his hands remained steady until the sun went down. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his army with the sword. Was it Joshua that won that battle? His cunning, his military might, his strategy? Not at all. God won that battle. And even before we get into the book of Joshua, we can learn something from Joshua's life right here from this excerpt in Exodus and that is people of action are dependent on the word of God and the prayers of his people. You want to do something for God significant? You have to depend on God's word and the prayers of people of God. You can't do it yourself. You can't be smart enough. You can't be witty. You can, Maybe there, there's some preachers and some ministers and some people out there who, who rely on marketing campaigns and rely on show and, and smoke and lights and all that, but they're not getting anywhere with the kingdom of God. And I think not just in ministry, every part of life, every, every Christian, if you want to, and, and I'll be getting more into this, how valuable this is to us what this means to us, and, and what, what God thinks it means to us. We're going to get that shortly. I don't want to get ahead of myself. No, finally, notice, before we finally get into the first chapter of Joshua, I want you to notice that, except for the very beginning here, where God talks to Joshua, and later on where Joshua talks to the commander of the Lord's armies, There is no special revelation, no significant interaction between God and Joshua. That had stopped with Moses. At this point, all the significant individuals, they had face-to-face interaction with God. And Joshua didn't have it. Joshua was like us. Joshua had to rely on the written word of God, which Moses had already drafted. The first five books of the Bible of the Pentateuch. And the word of his priest. And we're going to see that come around. And that helps Joshua be more, uh, we can connect better with him, right? Because, oh, Joshua is this great biblical character, accomplished much for God. Uh, sometimes we tend to take heroes of the faith and put them way up here. Oh, that's great, but we could, never, we could never be at that place. And it's absolutely not true. Joshua is right where we were at. And very human, as we're going to see So God starts in chapter 1 by encouraging Joshua. Chapter 1 is all about receiving and passing on God's word. That's right. That's adorable. I guess she doesn't like my preaching. No, she's fine. She's perfectly fine. Yes. That is awesome. Um Joshua here is about to go into into battle to possess the land of Canaan. We can connect this with our lives. There is a major theme between Israelites going into Canaan to claim the promise of God, and us, in spiritual warfare, claiming the God's promises for us in our lives. And I'll be talking about that over the next, however long it takes me to preach to Joshua. Verse 1, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land I am giving the Israelites. They're told to get ready. God tells them to get ready. And later on, Joshua tells the people exactly that. He says, get ready. Joshua doesn't hesitate to obey God. In verse 3, I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Your territory will be from the wilderness in Lebanon to the great river, the Euphrates River, all the land of the Hittites, and west of the Mediterranean Sea. As we go through Joshua, you will notice, you will recognize that they did not completely obtain everything. That wasn't God's intention, but they didn't do it. Why was that? Was God lying to them? Was God incapable of making it happen? What we're going to find out is that God's purposes were hindered by a lack of faith and subsequent disobedience. Ask yourself, are God's purposes in my life hindered by unbelief and disobedience? So many people I uh, ruin God's intention for their lives. We had a man here in this very church. I know God has special plans for him. He had a gift. But he decided to go back to his old life. As far as I know, he's back in jail. We ruin those opportunities. Verse 5 No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you or abandon you. (coughs) I think it's safe, safe to say that Joshua was scared. Moses was gone and suddenly he was in charge. I would be scared too. And facing, you know, he he believed in God, but it was this monumental task that he was faced before. and, And we're dealing with similar challenges today, these monumental challenges. It's becoming more difficult to be a Christian business owner. It, it, I've been uh, talking with a friend of mine who also works for the government. It may come to a point where it'll be impossible to hold a government job without compromising biblical moral standards. But as Joshua is promised, so are we. Because in Matthew 28, 20, Jesus says, I am with you always. Paul wrote in Romans 8.31, if God is for us, who can be against us? It's the same God. Remember I said the God of Joshua is, is our God as well. And when we face insurmountable odds, we can trust God to take care of things. If we truly put it in his hands, not try to control it, Not try to tell God how something should happen. Say, God, live or die, win or lose, I'm with you, Lord. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego told the king who's about to throw him into a furnace for not bowing down to the idol. So we're not going to do it. We believe God can protect us, but even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow. So we trust God. If we put our hand in God's, he will. You know, if you put your hand in God's, he'll never let you go. If you put your hand in God's, he will never let you go. The problem people have is when, when they run into trouble, is we're going to let go of God's hand and go their own way. And stop trusting him. And then leads to disobedience. And then the problems and the pain comes. And the cycle over and over again. So verse 6, God begins, verse 6 through 9, if you don't memorize scripture, here's a fantastic passage to memorize. One writer uh, one writer thought this quite possibly be the most important passage in the entire book of Joshua. So we're not going to just gloss through it. There's a lie here. Verse 6, starting off, Be strong and courageous, for you will distribute the land I swore to their ancestors to give them as an inheritance. God tells Joshua to be strong and courageous. That word strong means, uh, the the Hebrew word that comes from, means to be resolute, to hold fast, to be stubborn, to lock in, and courageous to, to bravery, valor, boldness, patience in suffering. That's strong and courageous. And times in your life where you knew what was right and the right way was the painful way and you chose that decision and held in and and trusted the Lord through it all, that's being strong and courageous. Verse 7, God says, above all, strong and courageous and very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so you'll have success wherever you go. This is what is important to God. This is what God thinks is most important, telling Joshua as he about to embark on the conquest of Canaan. Above all, be strong, very courageous, to do what? To observe. To, to know Scripture. First, I Joshua is commanded to know it. The whole instruction. Not just part of it. Not just the easy parts. Not just the fun parts. But to know it. We run a problem when we're dealing with Muslims. They often they, 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 they get it quoted incorrectly, but they study the Bible more than many Christians. And so when they come across a Christian who actually knows the Bible, they're a little perplexed because they actually get some answers and most Christians are like, oh, I don't know. But if you actually know your Bible, you actually gain respect of maybe a a, a Muslim friend that is seeking answers. So know it, and also do not turn from the right or left. Obey the Bible. We always have this problem of balance. Some will either Go too far one direction and, be, and, 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 and add to it. Add all these extra rules and regulations and, and make service to God just an absolute burden and terror, which God did not want. And then others will just pick and choose whatever is convenient, as long as it's convenient, which God also doesn't want. Just to read the word and, and and read from it and ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and, and 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 learn whatever God wants you to learn and obey that when God points something in your life. Now, I had a real bad temper uh, before I got saved and, and God helped me with that, but there was still something inside that wasn't quite right and I couldn't figure it out. It was very subtle. The guys at work would complain about it. It was just, there, there was something there. Just felt angry. And then I was reading the uh, New Testament, and, and and the book listed all these different sins of people who, who if they don't uh, repent... Uh, of these sins they'll go to hell, and one of them was clamor and I thought well, that's an interesting word that's not a word we use very often i'm going to look that up and see what that is and 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 it's this this, this intensity, this angry intensity and, and I thought well, that kind of sounds like me and and I read a story uh in the commentary of John Wesley, uh, a guy who came to Wesley. Say well, that's just how I am. I'm not angry. That, that's just my personality. That's how I am. And Wesley said, well, then I'll learn it because it's the way to hell. And God convicted me of that, and I was able to start working on that and changing that about person. God, I don't want anything to be displeasing to you. When God, I uh, when I I, I was... You know, reading the Bible and it read about pride. I thought, well, I don't think I have any pride in my heart, but I'm gonna, I want to make sure. So I pray, God, show me any pride in my heart. He did. For a while, I'd be, I'd react to something, and God would go pride, and like a sting, like a little sting. And that happened over and over. And I realized all these ways I'm reacting to people and situations is a result of pride. And I was able to see that and deal with it. So we're told to uh, 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 know the Bible and obey the Bible. So you have success wherever you go, it says. We show we believe God's promises only when we begin to obey. Isn't that what you see when, and maybe you, when, over the years, maybe when you were young or uh, whenever, you came across people who said they were Christians and you had a lot of respect for them. Why? Because their lives match their mouth. And then there are people who said they were Christians and and you had zero respect for them. Why? Because their their words did not match their actions at all. Jesus said, "If if you love me, Obey my commands. See, that's what faith looks like. It's a devotion to obey. You read the Bible going, okay, what does God expect of me? What does God want of me? What kind of man or woman does God want me to be? What kind of husband should I be? What kind of wife should I be? What kind of uh, son or daughter should I be? How should I act in the workplace? How should I be at home How should I react to certain situations? What does God, what kind of person does God want me to be? There's this devotion to obey. I'm not seeing a lot of that lately. I see a lot of excuses. Verse eight, this book of instruction. Oh, wow. We're only going to get through half this today. Maybe. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. So here Joshua is not only to know the Bible, obey the Bible, he's to talk about it. Talk about it with his friends, with his wife, with his children. He's to think about it. He's to meditate. He's to think about it. Mull it over. God repeats observing. First it's observed carefully. Now it's observed everything. So we're going to carefully observe everything written in it. Then he says, for then, that word then is significant. God just doesn't say, You're, no matter what you do, this stuff's going to happen. It's dependent upon obedience, faith and obedience. As God said, for then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. So success depends on obedience. Notice also that God defines success. And notice that it's not on how healthy or wealthy Joshua is. But it's dependent on fulfilling God's purpose. I believe God has a purpose for all of our lives. It may be something as small as just impacting the lives of, in your immediate circle for the glory of Christ. But it's God's purpose for your life. When, when Missy uh, takes uh, cookies to a neighbor who's going through tough times, that's fulfilling God's purpose. Simple acts of love for the glory of Christ. Verse 9, uh, God says, Haven't I commanded you be strong and courageous? Maybe, maybe Joshua is still shaking right now. So God repeats himself. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you. Wherever you go, and God tells us the same thing now. I was going to read several scriptures, but I, for lack of time, I'll just read the references. If you want to look them up, Ephesians six ten, Second Timothy two one, and Philippians four three. Just four thirteen. Just to name a name of you. Of God telling us, He is with us. So in, in verse 10, God, Joshua, prepares the people and command the officers. The people go to the camp and tell the people, get provisions ready for yourselves. For within three days, you'll be crossing the Jordan to go in and take possession of the land. The Lord, your God, is giving you to inherit then Joshua said to the Reubenites and the Gadites, half the tribe of Manasseh, Remember what Moses, the Lord's servant, commanded you when he said, The Lord your God will give you rest, and he will give you this land. Your wives, dependents, and livestock will remain in the land Moses gave you on this side of Jordan, but your best soldiers must cross over in the battle formation ahead of your brothers and help them until the Lord gives your brothers rest as he has given you, and they too possess the land the Lord your God is giving them. You may then return to the land of your inheritance and take possession of what Moses the Lord's servant gave you on the east side of the Jordan. So that's what's going on there is he's talking to the two tribes, well, three, two and a half tribes, Reubenites, Gadites, and half Manasseh. They wanted to stay on, on the east side of the Jordan. They liked the land, uh, and so they agreed to help the rest of Israel uh, conquer what God wants them to conquer, but that east side of uh, uh, the Jordan is where they will be staying. So that was the agreement. That's what he's talking about. Verse 16, they answered Joshua, everything you've commanded us we will do and everywhere you send us we will go. We will obey you just so we obeyed Moses and everything. Certainly the Lord your God will be with you as he was with Moses. Anyone who rebels against your order and does not obey your words and all that you command him will be put to death. Above all be strong. And courageous. God's word to Joshua led to immediate action from Joshua and the people of Israel. When God's word comes to us, we need to act upon it and don't wait. Don't hesitate at all because all we need to do for our hearts to harden is hear God's word and do nothing. God does not change. The Lord wants you to have victory over sin in your life. But that will require faith and obedience. It will require dedicated study and a full surrender. As as we'll see later on in Joshua chapter 24, it will require us to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So be sure as we get into Joshua and as you apply it to your life, there's a couple things I want you to consider as I wrap this up. First, first, Be sure your actions match your words. I've had plenty of people tell me how much they love God, but their lives don't match it whatsoever. And and be sure your words match God's words. I've had people tell me, oh yeah, I'm a Christian because I go to church, checkbox. Because I don't drink, checkbox. But their heart's not changed. There's not a surrender to God. All they did was just check a couple checkboxes, treat God like a pagan God, think, well, I do these things and I'll appease God, and then I can just go live my own life. That's not how God works. And finally, the last sentence in this, in this uh, chapter, above all, be strong and courageous. Notice, this is what people of Israel said. God's word to Joshua became their battle cry. I can see that. Joshua, what did God tell you? So, well, he said, be strong, courageous, and this, this, and this. And then be strong, courageous, and then this, this, and this. And then, didn't I just tell you, be strong, courageous? and like, Yeah, be strong, courageous, strong, courageous. So that's their part of their answer to him. Was above all, be strong, courageous. Be resolute. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let us stand. Well, that's all for today I hope it was a blessing to you I do have one more thing to add uh, I have recently published a book entitled stop poisoning yourself finding joy in all circumstances few of us realize the impact of our thoughts have on our daily lives how it impacts our emotions, our relationships, including our relationship with God. Uh, In this book, I I go through this very short, easy to read book. I go through what the Bible says about it, how and what we can do uh, to eliminate poisonous thoughts in our lives. So if you're interested, go check it out on uh, Amazon Kindle's website. You'll find it there. Just search for Stop Poisoning Yourself. By Daryl Underwood. Enjoy your week. Have a wonderful day.